happy, happy, happy Tuesday to all in our NFL universe. It's the All City All NFL Podcast. That man, the great Brian Baldy, Baldinger, the great Baldy. I just love him. He's the best. I'm Anthony Gargano. Uh, Cuz, and we hang. And listen, let's get right to it because you witnessed some wild football last night. It was incredible. We got to talk about the two Monday night games. Who thinks that the Monday night doubleheader steals the show? All right, so you're there in Miami. Let's talk about Will Levis, the Titans, and the Shocker. Let's do it, cuz. So, you know, I I took the red eye from San Francisco, watching the 49ers, best team in football, do what they had to do. Caught a red eye, got here, got some work done, went over to Hard Rock Stadium. And I was just excited to get there early because I want to get down the field yesterday. I've never met Will Levis. You know, I mean, I, I always like to meet the new guys, especially the quarterbacks, cuz. So I see him down there, and he's just, like, literally having a ball toss. You know, it's nothing like DeAndre's not out there. His receivers aren't out So I just go up there and introduce myself. He knew who I was. And I just said, you know, hey, Will, I just want to appreciate, you know, we, we need good young quarterbacks. This league is built around you guys. I see your talent. Um, you know, just keep it up. We're going to be following. Uh, there's a big spotlight tonight for you. Like, just do what you've been doing. So, you know, he was really great, you know, just kind of catching up a little bit. So we, we had a nice little chat. And I saw him pull these breakdowns. You know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's been following. But, you know, I, I see um, I see the general manager, Rand Carthon. Okay. And so, you know, I knew his dad real good. And, you know, and, I, and he's the GM. And, you know, they've got all these rookies out there, including Levis. Right. And you've got, you know, Skaronsky and Jalen Duncan at left tackle. And this kid, you know. Um, you know, at running back is is something else, man. You know, so Spears. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, this Tajay Spears is is a good football player. You, you, How about you the two, one, two punch? Henry's still got a little life in those legs. Yeah, you know, the king, and then you throw in Tajay Spears. I mean, I love those. I love their young skill guys. So you know, I so that's one side of the field. I go down and see Tyreek, and he's playing ball toss down there, and he's having a good time. And I see Jalen Ramsey, and you know, okay, I think the spread on the game, cuz, was like 14 points. So, um, but damn if the Tennessee, and they play without their best player, Jeffrey Simmons. So, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's us against the world mentality. And so, you know, we're, tr- we're tracking the game in New York, too, because it's an important game for Green Bay, playoff push. The Giants have won two in a row. Can they make it three in a row? DeVito, you know, I mean, mania going on. So we're hearing about all this stuff back and forth. Uh, Rich Eisen's in a studio at Westwood One, so we're, we're getting the feedback on, during commercials. And damn if this Tennessee Titan team just didn't come out and fight like hell, cuz. Like, I mean, defensively, you know, I mean, they just battled. They didn't give anything up down the field. Now, Tyreek got hurt, and they don't look like the same team. They lost their starting center. They don't look the same team. They're, they're down to their backups. You know, they lose their middle linebacker, Jerome Baker. So all that stuff happens. But look at it. I mean, it's 13-13. It's a dogfight. They got a rookie punt returner back there in the fourth quarter. He must the punt. Gives the Dolphins, like, the ball inside the 10. Yeah. Bam. Okay. They, you know, Mostert goes in for his 15th touchdown run of the season. Okay, 2013. Then they, 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 they do this trick play, and they pitch it to Derrick Henry. It bounces off his shoulder. It's not a good pitch by Will. And, you know, the, uh, the Dolphins recover. They go down, Mostert scores his 16th touchdown. You know, tied Ricky Williams for the most rushing touchdowns by a Dolphin. But, so it's going, it, it, so they're down, they're down 14. So in, in New York, they're saying, look, we might just cut 
to this giant Packer game. You know, that's it's more exciting. And I'm like, look, let's just see if this Will Levis, see what he does in this drive. You know, maybe he puts a drive together. Maybe Miami plays off. Sure enough, he hits DeAndre Hopkins at a 40-yarder across the field, hits the tight end. Next thing you know, he's scrambling in the middle, and he flips it to Hopkins for a touchdown. So they go down the field. They don't take much time off the clock. And Vrabel, to his credit, goes for two. So it's it's 27-19. He goes for two, thinking if we get the ball back, we just score. We can win this game. So he's thinking big. All right. So so hold right there because I, I got to get your thoughts because Doug Pearson did the same thing on Sunday. He didn't get the two. I, I don't – I'm not a fan of that strategy. I, I mean, I get it. Like, look, you know, it worked out. But you get the score, then you're going to win the game. And I guess from an underdog standpoint, you'd rather be in that situation – then then go with try to tie it and then go to overtime. So I guess from the underdog situation, it makes more sense. How do you feel about that? Well, let me let's play it out. Okay, let's just say they kick the extra point. And it's twenty-seven twenty. Then you come and the Dolphins had a sixteen-second drive. They got the ball with two forty because they they punted away at two twenty-four. Yeah. So defense, I mean, it was awful what Miami did. But anyways, so let's play it out. It's twenty-seven twenty. Now you go down and you, 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 you're knocking on the door and you're ready to flip it to Derrick Henry and he scores on a four-yard touchdown run. So now it's 27-26. Are you kicking the extra point and going overtime as the underdog and knowing that Tyreek might come back on the field, might not, who knows? Or are you kicking the extra point and just playing for overtime? So I would play for, again, now, I don't know if, you know, if I'm old school or whatever you want to call it, but I'm a big believer in overtime, like extending the game, extending the game. Now, as the underdog, that's where it kind of makes it's a lot of sense to go for two early because then you can go for two again if you miss it and tie it. But right. I, I'm a big believer in overtime only because at that point, I got the momentum. I just scored twice, and now I'm walking in overtime. Like, you, didn't, those guys didn't expect me to be in overtime. But I, I you know, I, I feel it. I get it. As the as the underdog, especially like you said, two touchdown underdog, you know, why not go for it? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it was uh it was you know, it's you know, these quarterbacks, you know, you you got to love them. You got to love them up. You got to build around them. You got to identify them. We got to find them. But there is something about watching quarterbacks throw live. Like you can say, okay, uh we could just, you know, in and turn on the faucet and say, oh, you know, Will Levis has a cannon. Okay. Like, go watch him throw the ball. When the ball jumps, that guy, he's got it. Like, there's cannons, and then there's a ball that just jumps. Like, it, like he threw a, a ball with 16 seconds to go and a half to DeAndre Hopkins. Like That ball was amazing. And so, he got hit. He got decked uh, by Bradley yeah. Chubb, and he threw it because I put it out there this morning. And yeah. I got to tell you, man, like – it's just, you know, he, he did everything right. He set his feet. He was patient. He hit the spot over the back shoulder. And you just go, man, you know, it's it's like we need those throws. We need those plays in our game. I, I'm completely with you. So what changed, right? So it's interesting. When you watch that game and Miami early, you know, and again, after Tyreek left, they really struggled offensively. Like you mentioned, you lose your center. But defensively, the Dolphins controlled that for up until the end of the first half. 
DeAndre Hopkins had no catches up yeah. until late in the second quarter. Well, I mean, they I think they, you know, 27-13, it looked like they played soft. I mean, the, the, the throw on a 40-yarder to DeAndre Hopkins coming across, first of all, not only did he come all the way across the formation, but he also gets out of bounds. So, yeah. you know, no time off the clock, but, like, I don't know what – I mean, I watched the replay of that, because I don't know if Jalen was supposed to run with them. Um, I didn't know if they were in some sort of matchup zone. Like, I don't think they knew what they were doing. So, you know, like, I know Javon Holland isn't in the lineup. I mean, forget about injuries around this league. Like, no, nobody has any excuses. But, like, they, like they just broke down. They, they, and I got to give credit to Tennessee because they got a rookie left tackle out there. He wasn't supposed to play this year. He was a fourth-round pick, developmental guy. Those guys stood tall up there, and they gave they gave Will Levis plenty of time to make okay, that. I, I love Vrabel. I'm a big Vrabel fan. I I, I just I, I love him. Well, there's I, a tough, I, I, There's just a toughness, you know, to his the way that he he loves up his players. I mean, look, they made some major critical errors down the stretch to fall behind 27-13. Yeah. And that's after the, the defense was making stop after stop. And, you know, kids that, you know, Avery out there and all these young kids that are playing, like they made stops against a good offense. And, look, they gave them some rushing yards, but all right, Tua didn't throw a touchdown pass. No. It's been like 21 straight games that Tua had thrown a touchdown pass. And the longer he held it, the worse he looked. You know, so – it's great when he's getting the ball out quick and Tyreek's running by people, you know, and he's on his way to setting NFL records. When he's not out there, and some of it is four backup offensive linemen. They didn't hold up very well. Um, you know, Tua got sacked five times, harassed another half a dozen times. Um, that was – that's one of the great turnarounds I've seen, maybe the biggest I've seen in the league so far this year. I mean, that was wild. I, I, what a game. Oh, that was just thrilling. And now you look at it, and so let's look at the AFC. It, I mean, what a fight. I'll tell you one thing. Look, I, I know we talk about this a lot, adding the game and all. But man, the NFL is the greatest. I mean, this this drama is ridiculous. So you got <laughs> Miami, you got Baltimore 10 and 3. Well, before you get to the before you get to that, cuz, I mean, if you look at the, the playoff picture in the AFC, there's 13 of the 16 teams are still in contention yeah. for a playoff spot. 13 yeah. out of 16 with yeah. a month to go. It's insane. It really is insane. I'm looking at it right now. Look at the standings. It's incredible. I mean, uh, so you have, for the one seed, you got Baltimore at 10 and 3. Then you got the Chiefs somehow still alive, 8 and 5. And Miami's 9 and 4. Yeah. I mean, well, and, and then Miami... They have to play Buffalo, Dallas, and Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, they got a gauntlet, their own gauntlet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the gauntlet's coming. And, you know, and they got a they got a rebound from this. So, we'll find out a lot about Mike McDaniel, you know, in the next fortnight. Well, but Tyreek, it does tell you about Tyreek's case for the MVP because oh, yeah. when, he, when he's off the field, they're just such a completely – when he comes back, Baldy – all of a sudden, like, they start to move the ball again. It's amazing well, when he's in the lineup. It's funny. You know, he was he, – obviously, he was a hip drop tackle going out of bounds, you know, and he'd, he'd have he'd have uh, ankle injuries already this season, been on and off the field. And um, so he goes out. He goes into the locker room. Like, he doesn't come out at halftime. 
So we, you know, we're just thinking, you know, as, as the uh, the announcers that we're we're not going to see Tyreek, and then he comes out, you know, almost like Willis Reed comes out, got the towel over his head, he's kind of limping. The crowd goes berserk. Yeah, it's literally, you know, it's literally like this. Even when you literally, I'm, I got binoculars on the Dolphin sideline. Is he in? Is he out? You can't not take your eyes off him. He's just that dynamic. And to your point, we said this during the broadcast, and it was echoed pretty strong, but this is the case for the MVP. Not only right now does he is he on pace to still break Calvin Johnson's record, but, you know, Calvin Johnson played on a team that won four games that year. Like, he's on a team that can still be the number one, you know, the number one seed, and they should go to the playoffs. So there's, you know, and then he's got the touchdowns and the, you know, yards per game and all these other things that are out there. So, yes, he can still go for 2,000, and that's very much – now, Dak, Purdy, I mean, there's going to be some good competition, but he has to be in the conversation. He just does. Um, so, you know, what's interesting is that when you look at the schedules, Baltimore has got a tough schedule. We mentioned you got to play Miami. Francisco on Christmas. Francisco, Pittsburgh. I mean, they got a tough schedule. You, you know who's got an easy schedule? Well, it's Kansas City. At New England, Raiders home, Bengals home. And then at the Chargers, they can run the table and get the 12, and yep. they can steal the number one overall seed. Yeah, and maybe Mahomes still wants to go on the road for a playoff game. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's all that's all in play. We've seen Andy Reid's teams rebound and straighten themselves out. Um, you know, look, the, the, the talk about Cordarius, Tony, like line up on sides, just line up on sides. Yeah, yeah. That's just yeah. Yeah, enough. Yeah. Of, I mean, we covered all that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. All right, so now let's get to the other game, which was wild. I mean, you want to talk about another one. What a great Monday night. I, I, the only thing that was upset is that the games weren't staggered. Like I could not – I talked to guys from the league yesterday down the field, that, you know, guys that are in, like, the league office of Park Avenue. They couldn't give me a good answer why. They thought maybe because both teams – like, a lot of these teams aren't really in contention. There wouldn't be a national audience. Like, you know, if the game is blown out at 7-15, um, are they just going to switch it off? So, I think they just try to keep everybody as much as possible engaged. But they never thought they would both come down to the final drive the way they did. And I got to tell you, you know, not for nothing, but they get to realize at this point, if the game's a clunker, the game's a clunker. I mean, Pete, there's still people who are going to watch because it's NFL football. NFL football right. is the greatest. So you're going to. So I think this will. I guarantee you that'll never happen again. That they will always stagger from here on out because I think you, you know the way you were talking to these guys were tongue-tied. I think they all realized, wow, you know what? You know, it's just more the TV networks. It's more advertising, more eyeballs. It just makes sense. Yeah, well, we'll yeah. see. Like, I, I, I guess it'll all be written up and reviewed, you know, in the next yeah. day or two. We'll find out just, like, ratings and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, you couldn't ask for it. I don't know how fans watched it. You know, if they got two TVs going at once, they got one on the screen, one on the TV, like how they even watched it. Yeah, I did two screens, and I would go to one, then I would go to the other. I DVR'd the one game. Like, I was trying to, to yeah. do it just to keep track. So let's get to Green Bay Giants. And – Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets, as Joe Buck was calling him last night, our buddy Joe Buck. So, Baldy Cutlets was out of his mind last night. I, 
I mean, he was able oh. to go. Look, the, the, the touchdown throw to Isaiah Hodgins is the same highlight that we have watched from Mahomes for eight years. It's, it's what we see from Josh Allen. I mean, he looks left. They've got it all covered. It's third and seven. It's either going to be 17-13 or it's going to be 21-13. And he's got nothing. And now he's getting chased. And he's running full speed to his right. And he sees Hodgins. And the coverage is fantastic. The throw on the run is a dime. It's an absolute, like, bump it right to his resume reel. But then, you know, the guy ran for 70-plus yards. You know, whether it was scrambled, design runs. Uh, he doesn't go down easy. Like, I mean, the... Th so the throw to Wandale Robinson on the final drive to go down for the winning touchdown for 32 yards is a rope. I mean, he's just throwing like it's it's a great route by Wandale. He wins the route. But the throw, I don't know. I saw Jordan Love miss that throw all night last night. I didn't see I didn't see Tommy DeVito miss that when they needed it, when they absolutely needed that to go down and kick the game winning field goal. I, I you know, it's it's interesting because you know, 10 carries, uh, 71 yards yep. for him. I mean, I know he only throws for a buck 58, but you know what? He's 17 out of 21. And to your point, the ball was on the money. Like, I didn't see him miss of those four incompletions. I didn't see any bad throws or even bad decisions. Not bad decisions. And look, I mean, they ran for 209 yards. I don't know the last time the Giants ran for 209 yards. I mean, obviously, Saquon had a good night outside of the fumble. But, you know, Matt Breida, him, like they got the running game cranked up, you know, and the Packers had been – they won three in a row. We saw them on Thanksgiving together. We saw them against Kansas City. They've been stopping the run pretty good. And, you know, they creased them up front pretty good. And he was a big part of that. You know, scrambles, design runs, read options, you name it. Like, I think they're finding more and more things that he can do. And that he is – a like it's three game. you know, it's a three-game win streak. I don't know, four games now, whatever. Looks like a prospect to me, like a real prospect. So how do you evaluate? I mean, obviously, you got four games left. So you'll, you know, you'll keep them. But, but if we talked about this last or two weeks ago, that if he continues to play like this, what do you do? I mean, you, you know, I mean, you're locked into Daniel Jones, but you can't. This kid, if this kid's got a little magic to him. No, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, again, the numbers are pedestrian, but the kid's got a feel about him, man. He, and, he, and uh, you know, I mean, what, what is this? You know, I, I was talking to some people yesterday about it, cuz, you know, I was up there at training camp three or four times. I went to a night practice up there. You know, I saw him quite a bit. And Tommy DeVito, I mean, it was it was Daniel Jones getting ready. Like, let's 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 come back from a playoff win. Let's build. All right, we, we got all these new additions, Waller and all these guys out here, Paris Campbell, whatever. You know, and then it was Terod Taylor. Like, that's your one-two. Like, Dan, like, Tommy DeVito wasn't getting any reps at all, you know, until Daniel Jones, you know, got hurt. So, he played in the last preseason game. He got a bunch of snaps, like, you know, all the backups do. But other than that, like, this guy's not taking reps in practice. They're not building game plans around him. Like, this is all new. Imagine if you get another month and an off season. And you allow them to work. As, you know, there, there's there's something to work with right there. So, you know, to answer your question, nobody, the Giants can't answer that question. Joe Shane can't answer it. Brian Dable can't answer it. You give them another month, you just keep evaluating. The most wins by uh, an undrafted, rookie, a rookie undrafted quarterback. Really? Yeah. 
The uh, it's their first. The Giants have had right now their first three-game winning streak since 2022, having tied the NFL record for most wins by a rookie undrafted quarterback in the NFL's common draft era. Wow. Mm. Same. So same. no other rookie undrafted free agent has won three, three or more games. And that's taken over, you know, a two and eighteen. You know, that was dead in the water and was almost unwatchable. And he almost single-handedly, you talk, you know, you listen to the guys after the game yesterday, Dexter Lawrence, like, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, they're all riding, you know, Tommy right here. Like, it's it's Paisano power right now. <laughs> Chicken cutlets. The best is how everybody just calls them cutlets. Did you grow up, did your mom make cutlets for you? No, but but I, when we went, when we moved to New York, you know, I mean, I lived in a deli because there was never enough food in the house. So I mean, I would just get chicken cutlet heroes, subs, whatever, like all the time. It was either chicken cutlet or veal cutlet. You know, I lived in a deli. That's what you know. Four ninety five, you can get yourself full like a meal on one of those sandwiches. My uh, my grandmother would would. The, ch the cutlets were like a big deal. Like it was like my mother did this every Monday or Tuesday night. You gotta pound that chicken, brother. You gotta pound it, man. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta pound it. Spread <laughs> it up, fry it she up. Would, yeah, that's right. They made chicken cutlets like well, my, every Monday, Tuesday was chicken cutlets. It was unbelievable. So I'm cracking up, like seeing this kid and all, and the cutlet love that's going on. He's a great story. It's a great what, story. What, is, what does this mean for the Giants this year? And really, who plays the Giants? Think about this. If you're the Eagles, right? The Eagles, you know, they got a game, tough game at Seattle, right, on Monday night. And then you got the Giants twice. Now, what looked to be a dead team walk-in, now all of a sudden, you know what? I mean, Eagles still the Eagles, but it might be a tougher situation having to beat them two, two twice in three weeks. Look, that Green Bay team was playing at a high level. And I know, you know, they, they played without their, you know, their their big star, you know, deep threat last night. And that makes a difference. But that's a, that's a good team that's been playing good football. And they beat them last night. I wouldn't, I would not for one second overlook this Giants team. Because right now they're a confident team. And defensively, they're playing very well. And Wink Martindale can, can pressure and blitz with the best of them in this business. And the corners, when you look at a Dory Jackson and the rookie Deontay Banks, like they're playing good. They've got chess pieces to work with. Um, it's an improved roster. Um, this is not a, these aren't two gimme wins for the Eagles going against this team right now. I don't believe that. I mean, and look, they're, they're five and eight. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they have a chance. Well, they were nine and eight and made the playoffs last year. Can they win yeah. out? Uh, we have seen teams win out before. Uh, they they kind of won out almost last year to get to. You know, they got off to a terrible start last year as well, and they kind of were a great second half team. So they're doing it with a third team quarterback right now. A lot of teams are moaning about having a backup quarterback in there. They're on their third team quarterback in winning games. So it's interesting, right? They play at the Saints on Sunday. Then they're at the Eagles on Christmas Day. Then they got the Rams at home. And then the Eagles come there 
to end the season on January 7th. I well, mean, look, the, the Saints are locked up in a three-way tie in the NFC South right now with Atlanta and Tampa. Like, I don't know that somebody's going to have a winning record in that division because for, for most of the year, it looks like the Orleans Saints are trying to figure out what to do at quarterback because Derek Carr has been in and out of the lineup with injuries. Jameis, Jameson has kind of been what Jameson is. Um, you know, Taysom Hill goes and plays all the wildcat positions and throws like he's doing a lot, but it's not a, it's not any kind of a dynamic offense at all. And they've struggled in a lot of games. So I don't know, like defensively, they still have a lot of talent. They, they had a three game losing streak stamp. They got sick of losing. I just think it's, it, you know, it's, it's anybody's Sunday right now, really anybody's Sunday. I don't care what you're outside of San Francisco, maybe Dallas. I, I don't think any team can say we have a stranglehold on the other. So what, what, what do you think the, let's talk about this. Cause I, I'm fascinated. You know, we love quarterbacks, the whole thing. But what, what do you, why do you think that these undrafted or unknown quarterbacks, it starts at the top with Purdy who was Mr. Irrelevant the year before and then it goes to Browning, who was, again, nobody even realized who he was sitting around for years. Jordan Love has looked good. Now Tommy DeVito. Uh, Drew Locke played really well for the Seahawks on Sunday. What, like, what, what do we, what's, why do you think this is? Well, I think that there's a benefit to sitting and to watching. Um, you know, when you look at Jake Browning, there's a real – like, I, I heard something interesting. So, I was talking to uh, uh, Dan Orlovsky yesterday. You know, he did the game for ESPN uh, on radio or, or television, I'm sorry. So, he did our game on, on television last night. So, what he told me was what Jake did when he was in Cincinnati and, you know, just a backup, is he used to sit in defensive meetings. And he used to listen to Lou Anarumo and his game plans – and he came away saying, we give those guys way too much credit for how much we think they know. And so it's interesting. Like, Jake Browning has now told Joe Burrow, you should do what I did. You should go sit in the defensive meetings. You're not playing. Just go listen to Lou and go watch them game plan against oppositions. And I think some of the times you do something like that, that's, that's really crafty. Like, I, I'm really impressed by that. And I never heard anybody do that before, but it makes a lot of sense. It's like when Spags was out of football and he come over to NFL Films, he wasn't studying the NFL; he was studying the college game. Like, what do you learn something that you don't know that you want to know better? And it's sort of that mentality. It's like Howie getting kicked out of the Novacare and going to study soccer teams in, in Europe. Like, find a different way to learn. And I think some of these guys are just sponges, and not everybody. But a lot of these backups haven't played. They're sitting around, you know, and when I get my chance, I'm going to be ready. And they're sponging and they're, they're, they're taking the notes and they're preparing like they're going to. And then if you add that, if you just take Jake Browning or they played a lot of college football, they won a lot of games. And Tommy played a lot of Boston College. Boston College, Illinois, like he, he played a lot of football. And so it's not like they haven't gone out in bad weather or windy conditions or undermanned or with injuries like they know all these things and now while the game is different in the nfl and it's faster and better athletes all that it's still football you know get the ball out of your hands 
get, you know, hit a moving target. Um, you know, walk into the huddle and lift the guys up. Exude confidence. Like, I, I think some of these guys have that. They just don't have a chance to show it. Uh, and maybe that's all these rash of injuries. They're giving a shot. And, you know, so I want to I want to play a little game with you. And I want to do you want, watch uh, this week. Watch Easton Stick play this week. I will. You watch yep. Easton Stick play this week. He played a ton at North Carolina State. He's been you watch how well he plays this week for the Chargers. I agree. Listen, I you know, it's funny. He's another guy like, by the way, he's got a great quarterback name, too. Yeah, you know, yes, East can stick. He's a great quarterback, Dave. No doubt. Uh, um, I, I want to give you play a little game with you, and I want to give you these prospects, and then I want you to. I want to give you one to ten. We play one to ten. Let's play one to ten. Ten being they have it. They will be a starter in the league. Uh, okay. You know, I don't know if I'm ready to play this. I've really studied a lot of these guys that you're going to throw. I mean, I know Kenny May, and Caleb Williams. I know. A lot of them, but I don't know some of these other guys are going to throw at me right now, cuz. No, no, uh, no, I'm talking about these backups. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. No, no, no I wouldn't, I wouldn't hit you like that. I'm talking about the, the, like okay. whether or not Tommy DeVito has a chance to become a starting quarterback in this league from what you saw, where are you at one to 10? Okay. Uh, I, I'm a solid seven. Uh, I'm a solid seven right now on just three games. Um, but it, it, that could rise to an eight or a nine if he continues to make throws like he did to Hodgins in the back of the end zone. Browning. I'm very high on it. I mean, I think this 80% completion percentage right now is real. And it's two weeks in a row. And I just think he's got a maturity about him that a lot of guys never, ever get. And I think this thing is going to stay right on the tracks, and I think they're going to end up being a dangerous team. Wow. So you love Jay. I, yeah, I, do. I, I do. All right. Uh, let's go and let's talk about Pickett. Now, he's already a starter, but is he a guy that you believe will have success, sustained success? You know, when you bring up the accuracy issue, because he's got accuracy issues. I saw it week one against San Francisco. Can he – Put the ball where he wants to put it, where it has to be. Like, I don't see that on any consistent basis. Now, you know, people said Josh Allen couldn't do it. Josh Allen's done it. There's a couple guys um, that have taken that accuracy issue and they've fixed it. They've gone to work on their mechanics. I don't know right now if Kenny is going to get that. Like, I'm, I'm concerned. I, I he's, always, been, he's, been hurt. he's been hurt. He's not a big guy. He likes to move. He likes to run. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah, I am too. I'm just going to say, are you a believer in the guy? I think that's I a better way. I believe in the person, Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Like, he played 49 games at Pitt. I believe in the in the, the person, the man. Um, I'm, I question the, the overall ability at this level to have great success. Do you believe in any of the Patriots quarterbacks? No, no, because I don't think I, – I, I, I don't think – He's not played really well in the early. But – I agree I mean, with you, by the way. But, I mean, I, I just don't think that they hit moving targets very well. And it's not decision-making. It's not preparation. It's not the mindset. I just don't think they're great throwers of the football, either one. Do you believe in Drew Locke that he suddenly found his way? 
He looked. I have to say this. He looked a lot better than I've ever seen him. Like he looked good for Seattle against the Rams. He looked good. He, he looked good. I, I, I mean, I, I thought that was impressive. I mean, I don't know who's playing this weekend against the Eagles, whether it's Drew or, or Gino. I don't know, but Drew Locke impressed me. They, you know, they were. He was in a battle with Gino last year in training camp, and it came down to the final preseason game. They were playing Dallas, and I saw Drew Locke through three lousy interceptions to Dallas that day. And they gave Gino the job. I, I, th- I think he lost the job more than Gino won it. But I want to see another performance like that, and maybe even you know a winning performance before uh, I give any sort of anointment to Drew. How about Desmond Ritter? I don't believe in him, and I know it's it's not even a full season of work for him. But I just the, the amount of turnovers, um, just. The decision making, the the overall mechanics, like I, he's just too. There's some guys I know, Lamar Jackson. You know, I, there's some guys that are just freak athletes. Like he's a good athlete, but he's not a freak athlete. And I think he tries to do too much of that stuff. And they shouldn't be six and seven right now. They should have a winning record if if they were getting better play. Yeah, I I think the same thing. I I, I look at it in the in the same way here. Um, all right, let me give you uh, Aiden O'Connell. I want to like Aiden. I just haven't seen enough. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, you, you go a game, you don't score a point. It always falls on the quarterback. There's just a not, not enough big throws. He, I think he knows how to read a defense. I think he knows how to go through progressions. I think he knows how to – but – and I know the supporting cast isn't elite around him, but he's not making the, those around him better. And – that does fall on the quarterback. We saw that from DeVito last night. I haven't seen – I've seen Aiden O'Connell win a game. I haven't seen much else beside that one win. Uh, and, and, you know, we talk about Levis. Uh, it, obviously, it's his job. Uh, what, what do you think? Of, like, is, is he the answer in Tennessee? I know it's early, but, I mean, he's looked – He's looked real good a couple. I mean, obviously, he's first started throws a four touchdown pass. He started seven games. He's three and four. Um, you know, he's he's he took um, Indianapolis last week into overtime, and they got beaten overtime. But you know, he's he's, he's got one big time weapon in DeAndre Hopkins. He's got a young tight end that's pretty good. They've got a young offense line. I think they're going to have a great chance to grow with him and build around him. I I, I believe in him. Yeah, what's what's what does he have to do? I because I, I look at him, I, I love his arm. I think he's uh, and he's a good athlete too. I I, mean, I like the kid. It's funny. I like him at Penn State. I you know I remember Penn State going. This kid can play. I think he's got a lot of confidence in himself. I mean, it's a question of you know it just comes down to decision making. I'll say this, you know, last night they threw a screen coming out of his end zone, and it got intercepted by a defensive tackle. I mean, it, it happened. Yeah. The running back gets caught up. You know, the ball's floated. Defense tackle catches it, runs into the end zone, 7 nothing. And you go, how's he going to come back from that? You know, like you're on the road. It's Monday night, big stage. You just throw a pick six. He came back from it. You know, he came back from it. I They got, they got the ball back with 35 seconds to go uh, in the second quarter, and they attacked. And they end up getting a field goal out of it. He made big throws, one big throw after three in a row. I, I saw a lot last night from him. And I'm going to be in uh, Nashville this weekend for their game uh, against Houston. So hopefully C.J. Stroud and Will will both be on the field together. 
get a chance to evaluate both. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, well, week 15 is on the horizon. And uh, we'll, we'll, you know, later in the week, we'll kind of start to look ahead. But uh, we have our first Saturday games, Baldy. So we have on this coming Saturday, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and Denver, Detroit. Uh, they're actually, I think, all interesting games. All three of them are interesting and have ramifications for the playoffs. Here's my question, and we, we, we talked about this a little bit. The two Monday night games were phenomenal. The Thursday night games have been a struggle. Do you just abandon the Thursday night game? I mean, look, I, I know they never will, but that's I a, play that's a billion dollars. That's, that's a billion dollars from from Amazon that they're not going to turn down. So while the fans might not enjoy 12, 10 games and some of the games that we have watched, um, and it's a short week and teams are really banged up right now and the injuries are mounting, um, it, it might not get any better here. Uh, I'd rather wait till I'd rather honestly have two Monday night games and get to the holiday season in mid December and throw games on Saturday and Sunday where teams get at least two more days to prepare for the game. What, what about like a what about like fr uh, Friday game? Like you can give them one more extra day. Well, we had a you know we had a you know a Black Friday game this year. Uh, it was not a good performance by the Jets, but they rebounded this week, so. Uh, they'll, they'll get a chance at Miami again this week, you know, to, to rebound from that game on Black Friday. Uh, you'd just like to see a better game than what we saw, especially from the quarterback. Yeah. All right. Listen, go catch your flight. We'll uh, be back tomorrow. And, uh, wow, man, just great football. Be careful traveling, brother. All right. I'll see you tomorrow, cuz. Take care, man. See you, everybody. See you tomorrow, guys. Thanks for hanging. The All City, All NFL Podcast. The mayor.